computer. I was in such a goddamn rush today. Oh, it's not in jail. <laughs> no, it's not in jail. Not in jail. It's usually about a three-month cool-down period. Like, yeah. how often can you turn it in and then retrieve it? Like, can you literally... As often as I want. Really? Okay. You just sound like a permanent... <laughs> no, like, I could go in tomorrow, turn it in, pick it up Monday, turn it in Tuesday. <laughs> they know they're. A- they know eventually they're ahead. Eventually, yeah. Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Oh, Fox. they're ahead every time. He won't be. He won't be back. Wait, how, how much is the, like, interest or whatever you have to pay him? So, like, if I do it for, like, the 200 bucks, which is the max they'll give me, the, like, monthly interest is, like, 50 bucks. Okay. But I only get two. So they essentially make, like, 50 bucks every time I bring it in. I mean, but I'm doing uh, very high. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. Tony Soprano doesn't even charge that. (laughs) Yeah, what does he charge? You've been watching that. Yeah, it's, like, four or five points. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, he, I'm he trying to, to never bring that shit in again. But he has to kill people. Pawn America just yeah. sells his he computer. Breaks people, he broke out his boy Davey, the sports, the sporting goods store. Ah, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Have you? Uh, what season are you on? Six. Oh, so you're right when the uh, Artie is yep. in trouble, right? Yep. I feel like the Tony lost a lot of his like badassery around that time. Mm-hmm. His like depression was starting to get. Yeah. The best of them, I guess. <laughs> that show handles that stuff really well. It does. Anxiety, depression. I remember when I when I watched it, it was like everyone's on Prozac, and mm-hmm. I know like he, nobody really takes that anymore. That's a speedy one, I think. Oh, it has speed in it? I think so. I thought it has a lot of side effects. That's yeah. why. Well, according to the Scientology Museum, that might be the most deadly one. Mm. So oh. that's the one that like started it. Hmm. Well, it, hey, those Scientologists don't lie, man. <laughs> Neither do my hips. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. Are they made for walking? No, they don't lie. No, they're not as oh, boots, they don't lie. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> you really fucked that one up. Buddy. I'm not good Jesus. with uh, Jessica Simpson songs. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think we bring Cody out back and put him out of his misery. I want you guys Tonight's to tonight. Jordan, I want you to answer this question. So I, I saw this earlier today. It was a conspiracy that Nicki Minaj is actually just Jay-Z. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know what that means. I think that's ludicrous. <laughs> like, uh, Chris I Gang? get it. No, that's Garth Brooks. <laughs> yeah, that's Garth Brooks' See, alter ego, as we learned on Tuesday. Chris Gaines would be a lot cooler if he like was a rapper slash country singer. That'd be a lot more impressive. Yeah. You know, would it? You mean I like Lil Nas X? <laughs> I'm not sure. Wait, Nas did no, country No, Lil Nas X. He did that stupid Billy... Gonna Crystal. take my horse on the old town road. Gonna ride to <laughs> no more. Who's the lead singer of Blues Travelers? <laughs> no, Hootie and the Blowfish. Darius, Darius Rucker. Rucker. Yeah, he did that and then went to country, I guess. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Hootie's country. I mean, it's not no, like they're, rap either, though. Yeah, they're definitely not rap. They're kind of like adult alternative. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen to some country, some shitty country rap mm. you talked to brad's buddy the one uh, i did some uh, work for okay yeah country rap yeah okay 
And it wasn't just like some of that. Remember the Are uh, we talking YouTube? Florida Georgia line here? Mm. I'm I'm talking like Dixie Chicks. Some of the worst music videos I've ever seen <laughs> with kids and boots. And... <laughs> no, we watched those on YouTube. There's like the cringe one where it's like hillbillies. Oh, yeah, we've seen those too. Yeah, <laughs> and the girls always have like Confederate bikinis mm. on. They're so dancing hot. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Little meth pop marks on their face. Fourteen or fifteen botched C-section <laughs> scars. <laughs> Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bubble Butt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Uh, we'll start first with our guest, Bianca, from uh-huh. the award-winning, <laughs> Emmy-nominated uh, Creep It Real podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Uh, good. I've also been watching... Every episode of Star Trek TNG. Mm, oh, that's wow. a good series. Okay. While playing Tetris. Mm. Uh, Bianca, you like mm. Star Trek. That's, yep. So, in that first season, <laughs> oh, why God. do they let every fucking idiot play with their computer? Like, they're like, we're just going to let them, anybody upgrade our computer <laughs> for the Federation's flagship. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That causes a lot of trouble in the first it season. It does. You yeah. would have to definitely ask Gene Roddenberry, I'm sure. R.I.P. Since, yeah. Young blood. Exactly. R.I.P. We, we were discussing that why is it the food machines... They always make like the blandest, most boring food. Mm. Why don't they make exotic food out of this mm. thing? Maybe it's like a white privilege. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of exotic food would you order? Um, a Juicy Lucy, probably. Mm, exotic. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> I really was priming a racist joke. But it was just like, you went white as hell. <laughs> yeah. Hey, every culture can enjoy that. All right? yeah. mm. Truth. That uh, is. You can wash that down with a glass of milk. Bianca, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. That's that's fantastic. Are you enjoying uh, fall? I am. It's starting to get a little chilly here, mm. um, but I'm really excited about winter. Mm. <laughs> you shouldn't be. We still yeah, got like two months it. before we have to worry about it. Yeah. It's just well, getting chilly. It snows now. at Halloween sometimes. <laughs> oh, uh, good. I have a hunch we're going to get dumped on by Halloween. Perfect. I'll be here. That's exciting. <laughs> we're talking Ooh. about you and Amy's sex life. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that's every night. She's going to give you uh, an Alaskan <laughs> pipeline. Oh. oh. We'd have to use condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> you, can, you can use a Snickers wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what, some whatever, <laughs> whatever deviance is going on over here is sitting next to Bianca is Jordan. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I am doing as good as I can. Uh, that's fine. I'll skip right <laughs> ahead. Thank you for being the chat moderator on Tuesday's live show, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's what I do. Yeah, that was good. Everybody applauded you for that. Definitely. So good job. All right, Jordan, tell me something about your week. Uh, it was a week from hell. Okay. Tell me something positive. Uh, I had like a half day on Tuesday. <laughs> that you didn't get paid for, though? I did not get paid for it. All right. That sucks. Wait, why also, another positive is I got my cousin a job. Ooh. <gasps> wow. I thought you were going to say pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been no, much he, cooler. He texted me like last week about... Uh, <laughs> 
he wants to get into masonry, so I asked my boss if he was looking for, like, you know, laborers to start and entry-level guys, and he's like, no, but Mike is one of his friends that owns a masonry company, so... Ooh, nepotism. I sent my boss my cousin's <laughs> info, he sent it to Mike, Mike set up an interview, hired him on the spot, so... It's not who you know, it's who you blow, baby. Yeah, that's All true. right, <laughs> sitting next to the, uh, the nepot, I don't know what it's called, is Cody, how are you? I'm fantastic. This is the best week of my life. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is. I made up all of okay, that. Okay, that, uh, that was a fabrication. I, I'm trying to have a positive outlook, you know. Okay. We, we PMA, work. right? Yeah, yeah. That's what Mr. Davis tells us. Yeah. Don't worry about that you hate your job. Just yeah. What think. are you, 2%? <laughs> Yeah, I'm four percent. No, I made four percent. You got four. I got You're four in the four percent. club. Yeah, you and Max. Yeah, we're all in the four percent. Yeah. I uh, did you read the comments afterwards? Like, yeah, why take you complain? Breath. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. No, the mo- the the money one is my favorite. Okay, it's hold like, on. So before nobody knows what the fuck we're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. had to take uh, employee engagement <laughs> surveys for our job, <laughs> and I was honest. Were you honest? I mean, kind of. Did you tank it a little bit on purpose? I mean, maybe I exaggerate a little bit, mm-hmm. but... Well, we scored 4% happiness out of a possible 100. <laughs> and uh, uh, the first line on the after, when it's explaining the results, is like, take a deep breath. You hate your job. You need to get away from your job as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the money one was my favorite. It's because oh. it says, are you over-evaluating? Are you overestimating yourself? And you don't agree that your wages are at the uh, market value? Yeah. That's was, so degrading. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. How, wait, that's from the actual company? That's nope. from the survey company. Yeah, it's a third-party company who's yeah. handling it, and then they get the results. That is the most degrading sentence I've ever heard. Oh, you're heard. not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no. What is? How does one find out their quote-unquote market value? Uh, you go to whatever <laughs> last door. door. That's yeah. right, which I'm pretty sure is still controlled by the companies <laughs> exactly. anyway. So it's like, ah. I hate to be Mr. Conspiracy. That's your realm, yep, you yep. and Phil. But, uh, that sounds like a good conspiracy. Fuck corporations. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That just sounds like truth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that everybody accounted for? I think, I so. think so. Fantastic. Cody, in that case, I heard we're going to go to... Uh, What's America? We're going... Well, shit. I'm excited now. <laughs> See, in my head, it was a... Uh, like early 1900s German village. Mm-mm. It's America. <laughs> we're in America, but... Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a, I, I, I like to call these sometimes like a basic true Bitch. crime story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's just a good, good mystery. Good meat kind of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Good cut and dry front to back. That's all it is. So, nice slice of jerky. Right. So let's, we'll start here. Let's go to war. <clears throat> it was a Sunday afternoon on May 26th, 1907, when the middle-aged German couple, Mr. and Mrs. Shearer, noticed a smell in their home. They believed it was just a dead cat. Now living common, <laughs> yeah, you know, is it common for German people to just have dead cats in their? Oh, I've never so. had the cat, but it so. smells like one, so that's what it must be. <laughs> Where's little Hans? I can't see him anywhere. <laughs> oh, Johan, where did you run to? <laughs> now living in New York City. You hear endless rumors about it really smelling like a dead animal or shit. <laughs> But no one would expect that smell to creep into your apartment. Right. Either way, 
They believed an animal had somehow managed to breathe its last breath within their apartment. They inspected all the furniture, looked in every corner, scoured through all the cabinets in the home, but just couldn't seem to locate that pesky smell. Well, where they went wrong is they didn't look in the vents. Are you sure there's vents in New York? Are they allowed? Is that? Oh, maybe uh... they're not allowed. <laughs> right. Well, vaping's not legal there. I don't know if vents are legal. Right? I don't know that vaping's, vaping's illegal legal. there. Yeah, I well, saw vape nash. Well, okay. No, they just banned the flavors. Okay, that's a flavor. That's not the whole act. Who Ever wants since to... Die Hard happened, they banned <laughs> vents. <laughs> Like, I think fucking Bruce Willis is in my vent, yeah. Mrs. Schreer. Thanks a lot, Nakatomi. It smells like patriotism and heroism. Yeah. <laughs> smells like a dead man with a fucking wife beater on. Yeah. And I smell the remnants of a fucking M16. Bloody ass feet. <laughs> now, the Shearers were renting out a room to anybody who was willing to pay. And just recently, they had decided to allow a few Armenian gentlemen to rent the room from them. Oh, thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> I was gonna say the second I the second I was like, okay, this is involving Armenians. Um, there's gonna be a lot of stereotypes thrown out. Well, so we apologize. Bianca, Bianca, come down to our store on the corner. Bianca should have a good Armenian accent. <laughs> because I'm Latin. No, because that's isn't LA like a huge Armenian population? Yeah, Burbank. Burbank's yeah. huge with Armenians. I, I feel like the American film industry has given them a bad name because every single oh, yeah. like nope. rape capture movie. They're the bad guy. And they're loud and they stink, yep. according to movies. <laughs> okay, so we found out she loves Armenians. Loves them. <laughs> so they soon figured out that the smell had to be coming from the room that they had rented out to them. Now, three weeks prior, the Armenian gentlemen they had rented out their rooms to were named John Muradian and Paul Sarkassian. Yeah, sure, we'll go Sarkazian. with that. Let's Sarkazian. Let's go Sarkazian. Okay, either way, he sounds scary. The cost to rent out a room here? A whopping $3 for two weeks. You're that Shit. fucking New York rent. <laughs> you get one room, that's all you get. Do you get a shitter? Um, I don't know. Shitter's down like the it was, hall. It's not like it's just a room. You probably have to just like poop in the drain outside. 1907, you probably have a chamber pot on. Mm. Toss that shit out the window. <laughs> now, when the time came due for their next payment... The men claimed that they needed to go out of town for a few days and would make the payment when they returned. Oh, money's out of town. Yeah. You'll get it I'll when get you get back. get when you get back. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. <laughs> In exchange for collateral, they offered to leave a large wooden trunk, which had arrived earlier that day. Mrs. Shearer agreed because presumably the trunk was worth more than $3. Sure. So, it had been just four days since the tenants had taken off, and in Miss Shearer's mind, everything was just hunky-dory. That was until the pungent smell of a dead animal started taking over their apartment. And as previously stated, when they couldn't locate the smell within their own areas... I hope they figured to look in the, <laughs> yeah. in the treasure chest. Without hesitation, they proceeded to go into the Armenian's room. Yeah. So again... Like a pair of bloodhounds, the shearers were sniffing around the room. Then they took notice of the large wooden trunk that they had left just sitting in the corner of the room. As they approached it, it became very obvious that this was the source of the smell. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they took a dump in the trunk. I was, like, thinking about it. Isn't there a movie where there's, like, some cool shit in a trunk besides Toy Story? God. Am I blanking on that? I feel like, is Indian in the cupboard? I mean, yeah, but th it's not like 
cowboy in the trunk. It's Indian in the cupboard, you know? I feel like at the end of the story, this would be a much cooler version of uh, Narnia. Do we talk about the mouse and the motorcycle all the time on this show or not? Is that the name of the movie? I think it's... Isn't uh, that Fievel? No. <laughs> Stuart Little? <laughs> oh, Mouse No, no, not Rat. Is it Ratatouille? Car. No, the no, it is old, Stuart Little. No, the old-ass one where the little mouse he drives the little toy motorcycle around. <laughs> and there's apple cores. And it like, is it animated? <laughs> or? Uh... God. I All know, right. I know. We're, the rescuers do, down under. Listen, on the Patreon, we're gonna do a watch along of the mouse. <laughs> you know and the what's motorcycle. gonna you know what's gonna happen? I guarantee it I'm gonna get messages from people yelling at me because I didn't know the movie. I guarantee yeah. it happens every yeah. week. Well, it was a every book week. too. It was a little kid's book and then they made a little kid's movie. Hmm. I d I don't know. Well somebody right. tell us. That sounds watch, like Stuart Little. We're watching it's not fucking Stuart Little. <laughs> it's the mouse and the motorcycle. <laughs> he had a car, Jordan, not I a motorcycle. I swear on <laughs> Not a red crazy. car, yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> he had a little plane too, right? Or was that the squeak one? No, that was the rescuers. I just remember he had oh, a no. cigarette. That was Chip. No, I saw Stuart Little on Christmas Eve in the theater when I was a baby boy. I always wondered awesome. why can't we all dress like Chippendale? Chippendales, just were like a shirt, angels. just wear a shirt and no pants. Yeah, that should be acceptable. Mm. Hey, that's what Charlie and Frank did in the new episode <laughs> of Sunny. <laughs> all right, back to the story. Obviously, overtaken with curiosity, Henry Shearer just had to open the trunk, and when he did, he quickly regretted it. Oh, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> he spotted three black robes, two pairs of shoes, a clerical collar, and a small, round, soft hat. Oh, it's a rabbi. <laughs> oh, this hat was the kind that, oh, say, an Orthodox priest might wear. Ooh. So when he shifted the clothing items aside, he was able to get a full glance of Ooh. a half-naked dead man that had been wedged into the trunk. Mm. It's oh Rasputin. <laughs> Did he put a dead body in a trunk? No, but he was dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also naked. Yeah. And That's fine. <laughs> He was a force wizard, though. Mm-hmm. Wait, did he die around this time? Or he was, was an orthodox little... priest. Was he? Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. he's a wizard, too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe he's like a horse a... cock. <laughs> yes, he With did. With a big old dick along. <laughs> Henry, was spooked now, slammed the trunk closed and proceeded to contact the police department. Soon, a half dozen police officers, a coroner, and several newspaper reporters showed up at 333 West 37th Street. When the detectives arrived... They soon took a closer look at the dead man sitting in the fetal position with the head bound against the knees with a heavy strap that had been passed over the back of the neck and buckled at the shins. Damn, he was hogtied or something. Yeah, he was He was really... We're going to learn about how his body was placed in there in a minute. He was fucking bondaged up. <laughs> Is this a BDSM thing gone wrong? I think so. I mean, a priest... A yeah. priest costume and a man all curled here's my, up. Here's my fetish. I want you to dress like an Orthodox priest yeah. and then tie you up and put you in a uh, in a trunk. Oh. Something amazing. My balls are sweating just thinking about it. <laughs> 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 Once the body was taken to the city morgue, Dr. Timothy Lehane discovered that the body was that of a man about 45 years old. He weighed about 160 pounds and was 5 foot 4 inches tall. After closer examination, it was determined that because the victim had a broken neck and several other broken bones, that he had been crushed into the trunk, presumably while he was still alive. Oh! Claustrophobic. Yeah. 
With Good thing he was a little fella. Mm. He, I mean, we're going to learn the dimensions of the trunk here. I don't know. You might have to be a little smaller than that. <laughs> With no other signs of bruising or lesions, Dr. Lehane guessed that the man had been drugged by some knockout drops. What? That was his exact word. How do I get some of them? <laughs> I don't know. In 1907, do they have knockout drops? <laughs> like, can you just go to a department store and buy knockout drops? Like, I need someone fuck? to fall asleep real quick here. Oh. My kids have been dancing all night. Give him knockout drops. <laughs> Give him a couple KO drops. <laughs> so he was crammed inside the large trunk that measured 42 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 24 inches in height, mm. and died a slow death from asphyxiation. That's. I think you can claim Ooh. that as a personal Ooh. item on an airplane. That seems <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking small. Wait, I don't even think you'd have to pay... To like put this under the plane, you it might just be overhead it. storage. Yeah, it definitely be a carry-on for sure. <laughs> like, why does it stink, sir? Don't worry about it. Mm, it's just in my dead cat collection. <laughs> to get him to fit inside the trunk, the killers had to break his bones Fuck. and wedge him in like an oversized luggage bag. Now there was no identification found along with the body, but the man in question had a long black beard streaked with gray hair along with the clothing, really made the police believe that this was, in fact, an orthodox priest. So obviously when a man of the cloth is found dead in a trunk, news would spread quickly in the local neighborhood. It's hot gossip. (laughs) With that, it brought a bunch of nosy people who would travel to the morgue to get a look and see if they recognized the man. I guess this is how you would identify people back then, right? Go everybody pass by. Open house at the morgue. Come on down. Take a look at a dead body. (laughs) On your lunch break. See if you know who this guy is. Do you think there's ever anybody who's like, hey, I'm just going to go check out the dead body? Maybe. Like, it's just like a hobby. Like, it's how you spend a Thursday night. Yeah, man. (laughs) I'm going to go body ID. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, he doesn't look like I know him. I don't know this guy. (laughs) Along with those people was a man named John Caramphaline, who was a trustee of the Armenian branch of the Greek church in Hoboken, New Jersey. Mm. It didn't take him long to recognize who this was. The dead man's name was Father Casper Vatarian. Who was Father Casper Vatarian? Mm. Well, he belonged to the Armenian Apostolic Church, but he was currently a priest without a congregation. No flock. He immigrated to the United States in 1899 from Moose, Turkey, after being banished by the Turkish authorities. Apparently, during this time, quite a few priests fled from Turkey and moved into Armenian enclaves settled in the United States. It was a tough time over there for the Armenians. Okay, so what what were they doing to him? Genocide. Genocide, okay. Well, that would explain why you'd want to get out of there yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta go. There yeah. was uh, there was some problems with the Orthodox fakes, faith and the Muslim faith crossing over. Ah. And, uh, and uh, you know. They didn't like them. You know how it is. Yeah, I know how it is. Them, ca- them uh, Christians and Muslims have been at it forever. Hmm. He first joined his brother in Chicago... Then, when the father's son joined him in America, he decided to take up residence on the East Coast. Bishop Horsip Sargent said this about the father. He was what is known among us as a free priest. That is, he was subject to no orders from anyone, but roamed around making contributions from wealthy Armenians 
and occasionally holding services in one of our churches. Hell yeah. Nomad priest. I was just going to say, does he do anything but ask for money for rich people? A beggar priest? That sounds pretty rad. <laughs> I guess. I hope sounds he's like a wizard. all of them. <laughs> you just wear the... I wonder if you could still do this today. I think so. You just like that's wear the Joel, outfit. That's how Joel Osteen got popular, right? Is They're it? all beggar priests. So. Mm-hmm. It could be. Hmm. I don't know. Listen, if you want to ride our spaceship to Jesus, just <laughs> just donate $12,000 right now. <laughs> Here's the hotline number. Have you, have you guys seen the YouTube video where it's like the evangelist priest? He's like a, uh, or I guess a televangelist. And they're asking why he needs a jet from all the oh, donations. Yeah. Why does he? Dude, uh, he what? goes fucking bonkers. He has an explanation? Yeah, he has like a shitty yeah. one. No, and he looks like pure evil in his eyes. He's just like, <laughs> well, it's because God. Oh. I'm just like, holy Whoa. fuck. It, it's, it's worth that, a watch. You know, and that same guy has been, like, before that interview, he was quoted as saying that he shouldn't fly with the dirt of the earth or oh, something like hell that. Yeah. Oh, hell Like, yeah. he basically said anyone who isn't rich hell yeah. is Me neither. a piece of hey, shit. Same. I want to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got the right attitude. Adam, you, Adam, you could totally be a tevangelist. You think so? Oh, yes. A tevangelist? Not a televangelist, a tevangelist for sure. <laughs> he's so good, he's shortening it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, he, he doesn't have the time for us common folk. He's a tevangelist. That's right. <laughs> Fuck that other E. We ain't got time for it. Or the L. It's fine. <laughs> no, we don't need that. Yeah. Listen, the Ella in that word, get the fuck out of here. I'm just a tevangelist. <laughs> you know you know what word L and E are in? Devil. Lesson. Okay, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. Even though both of those letters are still in the rest of the world. Uh, all right. And when we, when you drink, the devil laughs. That's right. He does. He does. Now, after a news reporter dived a little deeper into Father Jasper's past, they found out that besides just the money he had received from do- donations, Father also was said to carry a small silk bag that he would carry around his neck filled with precious jewels and gold that he had smuggled out of Armenia eight years prior. Now, Father never openly displayed his wealth and usually kept the silk bag tucked underneath his shirt, but almost everybody knew that he carried it around at all time. His little Jewish bag of I mean, I guess. You know what I mean? I I feel like he's a a Christian, though, right? Yes, but the the, the parallels are are pretty easy. (laughs) It reminded me of that one South Park episode. That's what what I'm going for. That's instantly what came to my mind. His little hidden Jew gold. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tragically, in 1905, Father Casper's son would pass away. Hmm. After this, Father sank into a deep, deep depression not long after his son passed away, his wealthy brother from Chicago would pass away as well. Not long before his mur- murder, Father Casper would be diagnosed by a medical physician as having melancholy. Oh, he's got sad. <laughs> I feel like that's not a diagnosis. No, I could no. be wrong, but I feel like that's not no. a diagnosis. Well, they also used to prescribe knockout drops. So, yeah, that's you know true. What I mean? yeah. Father, what take a few here? knockout drops and go to bed. <laughs> Back to the matter at hand. Once the press found out about the death of the priest, it was front page news across the country even in the smallest towns in the United States. Now, when the police examined the trunk a little closer, they took notice of the name 
Sarkis engraved under the lid. And on the outside, it said Ermoyan. Inside the chest, mm-hmm. they found a meal ticket for S. Ermoyan Brothers Restaurant in mm-hmm. Chicago and the empty silk bag that father would carry around his neck. Sarkis Ermoyan. <laughs> Is that the most Armenian name you've ever heard in Fuck, your life? I don't even know. I was trying to like read it backwards. I was like, is this code? Like red rum? What the fuck's going on here? So the police figured they better try to get in contact with this Sarkis guy. Mm. They were obviously also looking for John and Paul, the two men who had rented the room from the Shrewers. Now, Convenient that their names are those of disciples. Holy people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, after asking around the Armenian neighborhoods, the police got a description of this circus guy. He was about five foot tall. He had a pointy face with pop marks everywhere and had greasy black hair. <laughs> he's Typical a little, Armenian. He's a little Armenian gnome. <laughs> <laughs> Our Armenians aren't that tall, right? I don't know. They're, They're stocky. They're stocky. Okay. They're hairy. I've only seen them mm-hmm. on Taken, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And um, spit on, I spit on your grave, number two. So <laughs> Don't cool. be serious. Okay. I'm familiar it, with it's the a, series. It's a rape revenge movie. Oh, so. a rape right. revenge yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So one of his acquaintances even told the police that Sarkis looked like a weasel. Mm. <laughs> That's what he said. Mm. But it wouldn't be so easy to locate a somewhat nondescript Armenian man. As their questioning continued within the neighborhood, they were able to piece together Sarkis's timeline leading up to the murder of Father Casper. Now, four or five months before Sarkis had arrived in New York City, he had lived in Chicago, where he owned a restaurant called S. Ermoyan Brothers. Mm-hmm. When his restaurant went out of business is when he headed east to New York. When he arrived in New York, he instantly began charming his way into the good graces of Charles Hello, Piggy. <laughs> Hello, Piggy. Not one of Hello, Pigeon, maybe? Hello, Pigeon? I don't know. I like the pig- Piggy. Yeah, let's go. Hello, Piggy. He's a hologram of a pig. <laughs> that'd be amazing if the restaurant chef is just like a hologram of a pig. Yeah, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be all right. I'd trust him. I'd eat there. <laughs> Who was the owner of a successful restaurant in Hell's Kitchen? <clears throat> Charles' nephew named Simeon Perkirian, was also intrigued by Sarkis's stories of culinary success in Chicago. Mm. Of course, Sarkis told both of the men that he had been robbed and needed a good place to rebuild his culinary empire in New York. His cooking skills were so good, it would remind all the Turkish, Greek, and Armenians of their homeland. Oh. That's how fucking good he was. Wow. So Simeon, now perplexed by this Armenian chef Ramsey, told him he would rent him out a room and he could pay him back when he got back on his feet. That's a good friend. Mm -hmm. Yep. But his generosity didn't stop there. Oh, shit. He also loaned him $140 to buy a share in his Uncle Charles' restaurant. Uncle Chuck's restaurant. (laughs) Yes, now for this time period... That was a lot of money and had taken Simeon a long time to save, but believed that it was a worth w- worthwhile investment. He's putting a lot of stock in mm-hmm. this kid. I think he said he had to save up from his wiring job or something. something wow. Some horrible 1900s yes. job, basically. Mm-hmm. Sounds safe. Probably breathing <laughs> sure. in like strychnine. <laughs> 
Is that dangerous? Man, I don't know. I think on... I'm just piecing shit together. Okay, is it on Jaws they want to shoot him in the mouth with strychnine and kill him? I yeah. think it is. Yes. So I guess if it'll kill Jaws, it'll kill Fuck this Fuck yeah. <laughs> now, everybody was on board with this Sarkis fella. Except Charles, Irish-born wife... Ah, oh, you Irish slag. <laughs> ...who instantly believed that Sarkis was nothing more than a huckster, but at the time couldn't really do much about it. Now, when Sarkis... Well, yeah, she's Irish and a woman in the early 1900s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. what do you mean they demand authority? They're good at getting hit. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Oh, Adam. my God. Woo! This might be the most offensive episode we have. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now, when Sarkis started working in the restaurant, he brought with him his two buddies, John and Paul... The two men who would later rent the room from the Shearers. Within just a few days of starting at the restaurant, it didn't take too long for the patrons of the restaurant to start siding with Mrs. Hollow Piggy. (laughs) 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 Hollow Piggy. Hollow Piggy. A local news would later report. The Armorian was not a man not passionately enamored with hard work. For the short time he was in the restaurant business with the Hollow Piggians, most of his time was employed in quarreling with the patrons of the restaurant. Mrs. Hollow Piggians would also say, My poor husband, he believes anybody. <laughs> this man, Armorian, came from Chicago after Christmas and put $140 into the business. His friend John came in as a dishwasher and Paul came too to see the others. They became friends. Ermoyan began to get nasty with the customers. If a man bought cigarettes, he would swear at him and tell him you ought to buy cigars. <laughs> and if he wanted soup, he would try to make him order steak. Oh, he's just an upseller yeah, then. He's just yeah, he's upselling. That's just That's sales. Business, baby. Oh, yeah, can I get the tomato bisque? No, you want the filet mignon, my friend. Mm. <laughs> I feel, I feel mm. like Armenians, like, they maybe come off as aggressive, but they don't intend to. Could that be, they're maybe mistaking that it? That could be. Mm. Like, yeah. it sounds like they're demanding, but they don't mean it's it. It's like just forceful. Kind of how they talk. Yeah. Lots of Armenians are in sales. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. Upsellers. Okay. Mm. Perfect. One of these patrons was none other than Father Casper, who quickly became friends with the three men. Mrs. Hollow Peekins <laughs> continues saying, Fuck. Hold on. Oh, fuck. Whoa. Hold on. You did so good. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I will have to say, you can leave this in. Best <laughs> accent of the show so far. Oh, probably. God, yeah. Hey, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> then the Armenian priest, they called him priest, came in here all the time to see them. Ermoyan said to me one day after the priest left, That priest has got a lot of money. He buried the brother in Chicago, and the brother left him a lot. I knew him in Chicago. Sarkis soon found out that Father Casper didn't trust Banks at all. So the father carried the silk bag around his neck and also wore a money belt to hold onto the money that he had inherited from his brother. Wait, there's mm-hmm. a such thing as a money belt? I guess. Oh, yeah. You've never seen that? Haven't you ever seen, like... Is it kind of like a fanny pack? pack? (laughs) (laughs) Do they have a Christian fanny pack? There's belts where... I feel like all fanny packs are Christian. Like, I wear this in front of my dick (laughs) to protect my virginity. There's belts where, like, the uh, inside opens up and you tuck your bills in there. Oh, I think I've seen them. What's the one where you like, like, uh, uh, amusement park riders have where they like, they flip the coins in there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Roach Coach used to have that. Oh, yes, he did. (laughs) Oh, I remember old Roach Coach. Yeah, I hope he's doing all right. He, He had that shaky. 
MS. Oh, yeah. Oof. Well, we hope we're still trucking food. Johnny, that was his name. Was it? Yep. You could have donuts or Campbell's soup. He had it all. And he Dude, sold he, cigarettes out there. Oh, uh, did he? He did. You, you could buy Marlboro Lights. Yeah. And Hell pay yeah. with it on Square Cash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Dude, he always uh, had a little, like, you know, credit thing. He knew we got paid on Thursday. Mm. So if I was broke, man, I'd be like, yo, let me get these two <laughs> chocolate milks, and I'll, I'll get you. Mm. I ate half a moldy sandwich off there, and <laughs> nice. I, didn't, I didn't pay for anything for half a year. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Literally, just a month after Sarkis started working for the restaurant, it turned sour. Charles strong-armed Sarkis into selling him his shares back to him for $100. Hmm. Sarkis was pissed, mainly over losing out on the $40. So what did he do? Well, he proceeded to steal 50 of the restaurant's meal tickets that were worth $3 each. He then sold them around the neighborhood for a discounted price. Mrs. Halapigian said, It was a bad lot. If I could get my hands into his greasy hair, (laughs) the police wouldn't have to do anything to him. Racist. (laughs) Why, after he sold out my husband's brother for $100, he told the Turk he was going to get even with him for the loss of $40. The Turk came... (laughs) And told my husband about the threat. <laughs> if he has greasy hair, I feel like he'd be hard to get hard a hold of. Get a hold yeah. Of. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a good plan. Don't go for the greasy hair. Go a for collar. like a different limb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, collar. Grab his gold <laughs> chain. I keeps getting away from me. Grab his six inch arm hair. One yeah. of <laughs> but he's got me goddamn lucky charms. <laughs> I heard if you shave an Armenian's arms, they can't fly anymore. That's that true. true. And they <laughs> forget how to cook. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can't make you euros for you anymore that's lebanese i oh, know that's greek one una faza una raza one face six, one of, race, my six of one half dozen of the other that's right mediterranean isn't armenian just day. more like eastern european no Mm-mm. no no okay. that's like middle eastern okay mm, gotcha. sure. come on bud sorry armenians sarkis exact words were he would fix charl charlie for life to make matters worse for sarkis he still hadn't attempted to pay, ba- pay back Simeon for the $140 plus $20 for rent and was promptly kicked out of the apartment. Boom, boom, I feel boom. like, okay, those his partner's got an, a room for $3. He's got an apartment for $20. I feel like there's a little little inflation going on you there. think so but that it's was thir- three dollars a- oh no yeah that was oh, three dollars yeah. a week yeah, yeah. three dollars so every two weeks two weeks, two weeks. So. yeah it's super inflation yeah even if he's paying 20 bucks a month man isn't simeon he's getting ripped isn't simeon mm. the name of the the dealership guy from gta 5 yeah. yeah. i think he was armenian as well <laughs> <laughs> after sarkis was kicked out of simeon's apartment he would rent a small two-bedroom apartment on 10th avenue on may 8th John and Paul would rent the room in question from the Shearers. Now, apparently, after Sarkis had fucked up his situation with the Holopigians, he spent time (laughs) integrating himself with Father Casper. Smart. Mrs. Shearer would later recall seeing the priest come and go from her home. She said, The priest who was murdered slept at my house three times. Once he was here two nights in succession. He slept on a lounge in a room adjoining that occupied by John and Paul. The last time he came to the flats to spend the night was a week ago, Wednesday, on May 15th. I did not see Father Casper again until last Wednesday morning around 8 o'clock when he came to look for the Armenians. 
They had gone and he waited for them only a few minutes. As he went out, he said he would return later. I saw him go out and look at the clock. It was about nine o'clock. Do you think the three of them shared a bed? Hmm, the priest and John so. and Paul. Hmm, I hope so, right? Can, as a priest, can you do that? Share Only a bed with a man? if their names are apostles' <clears throat> names. Mm, or Frank okay. or Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. Who pooped in the bed? Yeah, who pooped the bed? When the detectives tracked the father's movements after he left the apartment around 9 o'clock, he was once again spotted around noon in a small Armenian grocery store buying coffee. Are they allowed to drink coffee? Yes. I would okay. imagine right. so. That's yes. just Mormons, yes. right? Okay, got him. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> After that, he would never be seen live again. Hope it was a good brew. And strong. It is probably Folgers. Around 2.30 in the afternoon, back at the Schreer's home, she said that Sarkis and a blonde delivery boy showed up with a trunk and proceeded to drop it off in John and Paul's room. I don't know who this blonde delivery boy is, but apparently he's just helping them all a dead body. It's fine. Sarkis simply told Mrs. Schreer, This is Paul's trunk. Three hours later, when John and Paul returned, they asked if the trunk had arrived. Mrs. Schreer informed them that, in fact, it had. Paul said, That is good, as I have owed you for a week's board. I can leave it as security, for we have to go away for a few days. Now, it appears that Paul knew that the trunk was arriving, but didn't exactly understand what was inside of it. Mm. He went into his room, took a peek, saw that it had a little surprise waiting for him. <laughs> and when he returned to where Mrs. Schreer was, he had a troubled look on his face. Mrs. Schreer later said, They came back to me in a few minutes and said that a mistake had been made in the trunk, that they had gotten the wrong one. They asked me if I would allow them to take it away. I said, no. They would have to pay the board first. See? Hey, can't blame her. That's the collateral, man. Yeah, you yeah. can't just You can't go out of state to get the money and then be like, oh, yeah, I need my collateral back, too. <laughs> I don't bro. care if there's a dead priest or not in there. Yeah. That's I'm my dead my money. That trunk yeah. is worth at least three twenty-five. dollars <laughs> Definitely $3. Yeah. <laughs> so the two men returned to their room. Mrs. Schreer claimed she would hear them whispering to themselves, and then around midnight, they took off. And so for four days, the body of Father Casper would sit inside the trunk until it was finally discovered. Now, just two days after Sarkis had murdered Father Casper, he apparently couldn't resist flaunting his newly found wealth. Mm -hmm. He returned to the Holopigian's restaurant to show them up. Mrs. (laughs) Holopigian said, He was very properly dressed and seemed to be flush with money. (laughs) He had on a new blue serge suit and a fine black hat, new (laughs) shoes, and a scarf. I asked him the reason for his apparent elegance, and he said he had a good job with a wallpaper concern at 10th Avenue and 37th Street. He was working for Mr. Tybalt, he said. (laughs) I did not believe this, and in order to satisfy my curiosity, called there. It was as I thought. They did not know him. That's such a, like, catty thing to do. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call a make Let me sure. check. Yeah, it's brutal. But, like, how about that hey, suit? some bitch work here, honey. Jordan, I feel like you would be wearing this stuff. Yeah, well, I totally would. Mm. <laughs> Sarkis also apparently was being accompanied by a very attractive young woman. Fantastic. Guess money 
can get you a lovely lady, even if you look like a weasel. Definitely, Definitely oh, a prostitute. <laughs> I'm ugly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm worker. ugly Excuse and me. don't have money, and I have a very attractive young okay, lady. That's right. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you have a that's big heart. <laughs> I do, you have, do a have a big heart. You got, the, you got wounded animal complex. That's mm-hmm. what I call it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, you mm-hmm. see, like, say you see a puppy with an arrow in its leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to help that puppy. You got to sure. get the arrow. You're not just going to let it bleed out. You got to help that puppy. Definitely. Jordan, you're that puppy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> You're a cute cookie. <laughs> now, 48 hours after discovering father's body, Captain James McCafferty had pieced together all the events and characters involved with the homicide. This fucking Swedish captain. <laughs> Is that a yeah. Swedish name? McCafferty? McCafferty? Oh, yeah. Does he play for the Panthers as a running back? Oh, that, that <laughs> That's McCaffrey. Is good. He is yeah, he good. also looks like he took a lot of steroids in the offseason. Whoa, whoa. What, how old is he now? Like 25? 24? Something like that. But well, he, that's his old man He muscles. packed on like 50 pounds of muscle. That's when you hit your... Once you get that 24, 25, you get your old man muscles. Maybe he was eating a lot of... Um, uh, Yoker's Gogurt. Mm. Yeah. Yoker's Gogurt? <laughs> Orcos. Cam Newton was Cam Newton was found giving him uh. free yogurt from his commercials. Mm. Orcos Mordor. And now yogurt. Cam Newton quit eating his yogurt and now he has a broken ankle. That's right. Cam Newton in that Yo Plat <laughs> Gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> he just needed to locate the suspects. He was stationed detectives to watch all of the outgoing piers. He had placed detectives at Grand Central Stations. Police would monitor the trains coming from New York in Chicago in case he had decided to head back to his old stomping grounds. Mm. The even stationed police in Fresno, California, where Sarkis's brother actually lived because there were rumors that Sarkis was going to head head there to lay low with his brother. This is a nationwide manhunt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Man. Apparently, like coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Apparently, killing a priest is like modern days killing a cop. Yeah. Fuck. Like, they're going to put everything they can to get you. There's not even, like, I'm- G-men now, so this is like... This I mean, this school. is local police working with each other. I just hope in Chicago they have Mothman on the case. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarkis's brother denied this because he did not like his brother and didn't want him there anyway. Apparently around this time, they took profiling to the extreme and just started rounding up any Armenian <laughs> that looked like Sarkis. So every Armenian. Basically. Yeah. Like, they were literally like, yeah, we arrested 40 people here, we arrested 30 people here. Like, none of them had those weird meth marks on their face, though. <laughs> Detective McCafferty believed it wouldn't be too long before they would capture, capture the three men because, to be frank, they weren't very intelligent. Sure. Sarkis was literally flaunting his money around two days after he had murdered Father Casper. But unbeknownst to the detective, on May 29th, Sarkis and John had actually boarded a New York Central train bound for Montreal, Canada, completely undetected. Brilliant! I I guess the cops weren't sober enough to be paying attention to that? (laughs) I I don't know. Detective Drunken McCafferty. (laughs) Two days after that, they boarded the steamship Ionian, bound for England. They would reach Liverpool on June 9th, then took a train headed for London, where they would stay for a few days. They then made their way to the south of France, where there is a large Armenian community. 
They would check into Hotel de Gazar in Mar Merci. No, nope. nope. Marcy. Marseille. <laughs> no. Marseille. Marseille. <laughs> and <laughs> and even would just check in under their real names. Fuck it. They're, they didn't even they're care. Out of the country. Who cares? Hold on. Back Hold in on. this time, there's no like international mm -mm. like. I think we're about to find you're out. You're not. You're gonna be surprised here in a minute. It's fucking Jordan. Scotland Yard about to show up or what? Yeah. Now, the third member of the ragtag trio, Paul, was the odd man out. Right, always. Now, now Paul had actually stuck around New York City Why longer. Call him Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he hung around New York City longer than Sarkis or John had. He would take the same escape route headed for Montreal, but he would board the Virginian, which left for Europe on June 7th. Mm. He would actually make it all the way to Mar Marseille, but by then the French authorities had been alerted of the fugitives, and Paul would be arrested and being was being held for extradition back to New York. Jesus. <coughs> Jesus. Jesus. Don't kill a holy man mm -hmm. in 1905. They ain't fucking around. Now, McCafferty, after the arrest of Paul, he believed the other two would follow suit. He told the press, The police of the whole world are working together to bring the murderer of the Armenian priest to justice. Never was there such a thorough canvas of the civilized globe made to catch a murderer. Circulars with the printed description of the men together with the statement of the nature of the crime have been sent to almost every city of prominence in the world. With a request that the police arrest the men in the circular and communicate at once with the New York Detective Bureau. As soon as the State Department arranges for the requisition, we will send a man to Marseille and bring the prisoner over here. This seems extreme that they're sending, like, a worldwide net to get him, right? It seems like... Well, they killed a holy man illegal. in the time when that's a very <laughs> high position. I don't know. Like, how far can you chase somebody in 1900? Okay, when did World War One start? 1914. Okay, okay. It was around 14. there, yeah. So they're, they're, still, they're still good right now. Okay. What, is the, what, what does that have to do with Well, I'm saying if the French were fighting the Germans, no, I'm they pretty were a sure... a little busy. Yeah, they'd be a little busy <laughs> to be trying to catch these yeah, guys. True, they true, probably true, would, true. like, <clears throat> draft him. <laughs> they'd be fighting. Hey, get in there, boy. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> but McCafferty would have to halt his excitement. The assistant district attorney, Charles Knott, decided that he didn't want to pursue charges against Paul because he claimed that there just wasn't enough evidence. Mm. Charles Knott would tell the same newspaper, The evidence was not sufficient enough to bring them back. Unless the police furnish us with better evidence than what we have now, Father Casper's murderers may never be brought to justice. Mm. As fucked as it sounds, Charles Knott did have a point. There was plenty of evidence against Sarkis, but against Paul, it was fairly slim. Now, McCafferty, clearly frustrated, sent a telegram to the French authorities pleading with them to interrogate the prisoner with harsh methods if deemed necessary. Waterboard that bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drain his ass in croissants. Yeah. <laughs> Beat him with baguette yeah. bread. Yeah. Dale's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, McCafferty was under the assumption that the three men had left the country together, which obviously they didn't. Mm -hmm. Now, the French officer, Consul John Skinner, didn't that have... Doesn't sound very French at all. <laughs> That's not a Frenchman's name? Mm -mm. <laughs> well, he didn't have much experience... Your Skinner. <laughs> well, he didn't have much experience with interrogation, so he just cut Paul loose. Oh, later. <laughs> later, buddy. 
<laughs> Dude. I don't know what I'm doing here, so fucking go on. <laughs> the wife's got crepes tonight, baby. Get out of here. <laughs> he really had no reason to keep him since the United States wasn't going to extradite him anyway. Mm. After learning this news, Detective McCafferty simply decided to just give up on the case because it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, okay. Dude, this is great police work, I have to say. He and just that's like, the end of the episode. This, is just, like, this is just like the biggest shoulder shrug ever. Well, whatever. <laughs> Fuck, eh. it. Fuck it. <laughs> now, not long after Paul's release, two travelers had arrived in Egypt dressed in fancy American clothing. <laughs> One of them was short with pop with a pop-marked face and greasy hair. It sounds like our boy, Sarkis. Mm. The man who spotted them reported his findings to the American consulate after reading the New York newspapers. After this, he did a little more investigating on his own. He learned the two men were now headed for Varna, Bulgaria. I mean, Adidas <laughs> tracksuits abound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At this time... Has the Olympics caved there yet, George? For certain. For certain. The man who had spotted them was named Kirkjian. Now, he would return to New York City in August and publish this in the New York World. To Commissioner Bigham, Chief of Detective McCafferty, District Jerome et al. The present address of Sarkis Ermorian, John Moradian, and Paul Sarkazian. Wanted for the murder of Father Kaspar Vartarian is 523 Balak Bazaar, Varna, Bulgaria, the world. So obviously, after learning this... This, this guy's kind of a dickhead. <laughs> you don't have to put the world on the end. Dickhead. Well, no, he, saying, he's the saying, world is looking for him, Adam. You have to. Yeah. The world is the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I see. Yep. Okay, I thought he was yeah. finishing the address. See, like that's Bulgaria, I, the world. That's what I thought initially. Right. I'm I like, thought okay, he was signing it. it as the world. <laughs> From the world. We, okay. Everyone wants him, so can you, here we go. Can you pay to publish something in a newspaper and just write the world on there? It's like, who Maybe. published it? I mean, yeah. there's classified ads. Okay. There yeah. <laughs> The world's looking for a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> looking for a glory hall near Sevely Avenue. Meet me at 523 Ballot Bazaar. <laughs> so obviously after learning this information, not only did the reporters want to see what the police would say, but the police had something to say to the papers as well. The deputy commissioner said, The police department won't do anything in view of the district attorney's attitude in refusing to extradite the suspect arrested. The suspect arrested some time ago in Marseille. The reporter asked, Then you mean nothing will be done? The police department won't do anything in view of the district attorney's attitude. If the world will furnish us with any other evidence it has, we will proceed. You mean you will wait until the world digs up all the evidence? You're goddamn right, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine that guy talking to his wife like that. Hey, baby, come over here and mm. kiss my pee-pee head. Mm. Whoa, <laughs> Jesus. All right, hon, I'm about to come. <laughs> I'm about to reach I almost climax, there. Baby. I'm almost there. Oh, there's the money. <laughs> I want to watch early 1900s news, news reporter porn. That's what I want to watch. That's a very specific sure. genre. <laughs> it's a strange case. Let's get that going. <laughs> After this last question, the commissioner just quit responding obviously the newspaper was a bit taken back they believe that with this information that they had delivered to the police it had cracked the case wide open and would clearly make the arrest of the men easy but they weren't going to do anything because of what seemed like an interdepartment dispute always right, right. politics inside uh, I, okay is the district attorney would probably technically be in the branch of the police department 
No. Would he be? Okay, well, I imagine they communicate with each yeah. other, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, law and order, right? Right. <laughs> dun, dun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, oddly enough, Paul decided to get the advice of the American, American consul in Marseille and decided to return to New York City in December of 1907 and try to clear his name. Of course, Paul would be arrested when he returned and told his version of the story to the police. According to Paul, he had simply returned home only to discover the trunk in his room bound with ropes with the key resting on the top of the lid. Out of curiosity, he he just had to open it, and when he did, he discovered the priest's body, still warm. Paul said... The next day, I could not find a steamer on which I could sail before four or five days. So I took a train to Montreal. There, I took a ship to Marseille, where I was arrested. I stayed there after my release, but have always wanted to return to this country and assure my sister and brother-in-law who live in Providence, Rhode Island, that I was innocent of the murder. For I knew they must have heard the suspicion that had been directed against me. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fair, right? Yeah. It seems that after all this, they still still didn't have enough to charge Paul, and they would just set him free. He would also tell the authorities that when he was in France, he never once saw John or Sarkis, and due to the district attorney's unwillingness to try to apprehend Sarkis in Bulgaria and extradite him, the murderer of Father Casper will never be brought to justice. And it seems like, as far as I, I, I literally searched the internet, couldn't find shit. Wow. It just seems like they just kind of like, okay. This one under the rug. I mean, I feel like in this time they did more for a world arrest than we probably would have nowadays. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think we'd even bother this, with this. They were now. putting out circulars in other countries yeah. to find mm-hmm. this yeah. guy. So, like, if I were to murder Cody and go to Bulgaria, I'd be done for. Mm. You'd be you'd be scot free. Nobody would ever catch you in Bulgaria. I don't think they would. Ext- I, I don't think. I don't know what the extradition laws in Bulgaria are. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the problem with your story, Jordan, is because yes, you would kill me, you'd get away, but mm. my sister would eat my entire mm. body, That's so true. there'd be no evidence. That's, true. That's very That's true. true. What are they gonna find? How long does it take to eat a body? Shayna. Thirty well, minutes. Yeah, 30. she's yeah. small of frame, but I think she could eat a lot. She's got a big to, appetite. You don't even have to leave the city. She probably served it to Jeff around the block. Yeah. <laughs> Just walk around. The block. Yeah, we're She'd having like, a ribeye tonight. Well, she, evidence Jeff's gone. Jeff's be like, "What's in the crock pot?" She looks like a lot of meat. Don't mm. worry about mm. it. It's delicious. They've got like four cats. Yep. It's fine. Mm. Feed it to the cats. Mm. You know, Sophie would love it. Sophie, oh, I was gonna say, Sophie would come up here and just like take out a thigh. She'd be defending the body when let Shane get it her yeah. her her prize yeah so uh moral of the story guys don't carry a small silk sack with uh jewels in it that sounds yeah. like moral well, uh, now i sure. have to reevaluate my entire life <laughs> i guess yeah. i mean yeah so uh it's unfortunate uh yeah. the guy got away with murder basically and all he three was, of uh, them did yeah well do you think paul and john were involved or they just kind of knew <sighs> They were just yeah. kind of like, shit, we're not going to turn you in, obviously. Yeah, but it's they're like, just not snitches. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it looks like Sarkis did it because he kind of sounds like a scumbag and the other two just kind of... And he was in his trunk. Yeah, so. maybe John was his lover. Maybe that's like why he went with him. Like, mm-hmm. That's rampant speculation. It is, friend. that is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure all of these people are dead by now. So. Yeah, certainly. You think so? 19, 1900s? I mean, maybe. Maybe they have like a John Travolta, Nick Cage thing going on. Ooh. But, uh, 
Hey, there, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> that means the Bumblebutts are going to Bulgaria. <laughs> We're going to b- 523 b- uh, Bollock Bazaar. <laughs> Do you think it's still there? On location. Uh, let's find out. We'll Google Map it. Okay. If you know, if you Google Maps <laughs> it for us, then you can email us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can get a hold of us. Uh, I already said that. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter at BumblebuttPod and on Facebook and Instagram at BumblebuttPodcast. Instagram's our main focus. All of us also have personal ones. Mm-hmm. Instagram. Mine is at BumbleAdam. Jordan's at J.J.Fox. Cody's at CodyZabub. And Bianca Not at necessary. Bianca Mata. <clears throat> I don't care. You always say stupid <laughs> shit like that. Thank you. And you're, also, you're also one half of at CreepItRealPod. Yep. That's awesome. true. Fantastic. Follow all that shit. Mm-hmm. Listen to everything. Mm-hmm. Do it all. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. Yeah. Uh, guys, we've got one more non-written five-star review. 99? Which, which me, us. We are now one more Ooh. away from our 100 milestone. Give me to 100. Yeah. I don't want to say goal. I'm going to say milestone. Milestone's mm. perfect. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. goal yes. implies yeah. we're stopping. So just log on there and just click the five star and be done with it. That's make all you got. Make a fake account. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Make as many fake accounts <laughs> as you want. Make them all. This will also this is going to do is when we get the reviews, it's going to, you know, make it uh, faster for the cock tattoo to finally be available for the public. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still getting harassed about it. So. You, what do you should. Mean still? Be. That was like two days ago. It was? That's true. That's true. Well, I'm just saying, people are still curious. So I'm still getting promises. harassed about your poor January. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe that'll be another Patreon goal. So God, you're just an international man of mystery. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, uh, great story, by the way. Thank Fucking you. Fucking fun. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Wish it wrapped up a little better. Yeah. Fun, yeah. lighthearted murder. Yeah. <laughs> fun bondage murder. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for all of us here. Uh, I've been Adam. That's been Bianca. Thank you, Bianca. You're welcome. <laughs> you say God. thank you, Adam. Fucking <laughs> damn it. That's for Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And that's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And everybody have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say here. (laughs) You're going to have Amy put your ass in a chest. That's what's going to happen.